All right. So, uh, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. And uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into this episode. But first, uh, many of you might have noticed the last episode we did, there might have been some booze shared by all. And Sometimes that means we talk over people because we're just really happy to talk to you. But uh, we realize that doesn't make the best podcast, so we will do better. It's the quarantine uh, happiness. Yes, we will. We will um, blame Nick Cole because he's not here to defend himself, and he was sober. So he should he should have known better. So. And now we're going to jump right in. Uh, without further ado, we're going to talk to our guest, Erica E. A. Shaniak. So. Um, Erica, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am a mom of two. I live in a small town in Malala, Oregon, and I do medical billing during the day. And in the times in between, I write all the romances. So fantasy romance, historical westerns. Um, I'm writing a sci-fi reverse harem. And Ooh. I yeah, got to get that alien loving. Arr. But... Uh, <laughs> 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 and I'm also um, editing currently a, a paranormal romance as well. So I, I just do all the things. I enjoy camping. I got two doggos. Um, love them. And I just, I don't know, I just live life as, as my tall five foot frame can allow, you know. Hey, you know. <laughs> short, hey, short five people, foot need people love are too. feisty. Oh, I'm absolutely feisty. It's because gravity is so close. It, it just it does that to you. It can all right, all my that. anger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, JR, how did you find uh, Anaya? Erica. 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 So, uh, Erica and I actually met in the 50 bo 20 books to 50K, I think yeah. is the name of the group. And uh, they were talking about some of the things um, that you have to work um some of the things that you can act out with your friends and family to get the sequencing right for physicality in books. And uh, it started talking about fight scenes. So like, does this chokehold work? It moved on to the romance bits that she writes. And um, it just went that was from a there. Very interesting moment. And then the mods were like, get a room, you two. I know you're friends now, but uh, take it off this, this chat. Because now you're not stabbing people. That's cool. We're talking about romance, not so cool. But no, so became... I, I have noticed that there are so many people who are okay with the stabby stabby, and but not the um, other the romance. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And it, it wasn't even like graphic. It was just kissy kissy. It, it was just like tongue in cheek, like shenanigans, right? Like we were just goofing off. Like it was very much we were where it was a public group, but we were just having so much fun that I guess we just kept the thread that was at that point three months old going back and forth. That they're like, can we just let this be buried under all the? <laughs> so so we stayed yeah. in touch, and then at the time she wasn't working her day job yet, so she was um, doing the housewife thing and managing like a dozen kids um and like the dogs like she mentioned and so when she started publishing was it right about the time i was and so my mom volunteered to publish her stuff for her uh so my mom could learn to help me later uh and then she could focus on the words and we've just sort of stayed in touch since then and we're in the same writing accountability group oh that's so, so cute she shows up buddies yeah she shows up when she's not on phone calls with health insurance companies well you know you got to do what you got to do, man. Buy more so, books. No. That's, my, <laughs> that's what I do. And, I and we know you better today, so. Yes. So, um, sorry. <laughs> it, it was a, a, a long day at work. Um, so, because we're polytheistic, what do you think? Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, or Potterverse? Lord of the Rings, hands down. Hobbit. I love Second Breakfast. It's my jam. I'm usually up at like four o'clock in the morning, about four, four thirty, like getting the words in. Um, just because it's like my time to just not oh. be mom. And go, I can go pee well, by myself. Okay, that's a huge thing. Just going pee by yourself in the morning is like oh. it is a treasure. It is a treasure. It is. it is. So I wake up really early and I, you know, 
do all that. And so second breakfast is my jam because I have breakfast. So I have second breakfast. Sometimes I have third breakfast. Like I'm a fat, happy little hobbit and I absolutely just love my life. I love second breakfast because often I am not awake enough to remember that I had first breakfast. <laughs> so and no, it, it is really weird. I will eat breakfast and then I am always hungry again at 10 o'clock. I just, so. I just love food. I'm a hobbit. And then when I do Renaissance fair um, over here, in Silverton, Oregon, people will yell, hey, Hobbit. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm the Hobbit now at this fair event. I am called the Hobbit. I'm the only the Hobbit there. That's awesome. That is the best. Hilarious. So JR is now sharing your cover, but because we like to do that. But also I wanted to ask, what is it that you love about the fantasy genre? I love that I can create anything and like the sky's the limit like I can have like whatever I want in a book there's no rules and regulations to anything like um like in my other series the western romance where you have to stick to a time frame where you have to um if you're gonna use currency of anything it has to be correct it has to be at the correct um everything you know like the attire the the slang the saloon to like the place that you're going and the mileage and like whatever. Yeah, I, I will see that consistency really can make or break a world. Yes. And so there's that aspect with fantasy, you know, it's whatever. Like when this, in this um, series, I had a goddess is consistent throughout. I had shifters that were meddling consistent throughout, but like I could add in randomness in there too. Like if I wanted to have like another shifter, that's possible. If I wanted to have, you know, the sky turning, like, you know, tie-dye purple that's possible like I could pretty much do anything that I wanted to do as long as I had a reason for that and I um was able to show that reason and sometimes tell because telling is good and I usually tell to th through dialogue um because I learned that through many edits you show you don't tell <laughs> but pretty much like you know the sky's limit with fantasy and I love that I could have mermaids and gargoyles and whatever it's the best okay so which one's your favorite creature to put in? Like in that series alone? Well, you said mermaids or like royals. Like which one would be your favorite to put in? Like which one do you gravitate to all the time, time and again? Shifters. Mainly wolf shifters. I love them. I love them. Well, you do have two dogs. <laughs> dogs are related to wolves. And yes. children. And those they're they are also pack animals. Somebody I'm feral. <laughs> yes. I have one. I know this from experience. Yeah, my, my children can be feral. I, I love them, but it's true. Like okay. my daughter the other day, I was outside working and she just drops her drawers right there and goes pee. I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, it's the outside. I'm like, fine. Like, well, you yeah, are I in the country. So. You can reach a toilet. You should do that. Let's yeah, go. they're still feral. Like she's nine, but she's still feral. So, so <laughs> well, what, okay. So where do you kind of, put yourself on the scale are you more of a romance author or more of a fantasy author i'm more about the romance for sure okay so that's yeah. a totally legit answer yeah it's about you know people coming together and people you know have different struggles and they i found that readers if you have a really relatable character they'll go towards that and like that um like the characters coming together of, of the romance perspective and then the fantasy is just extra. This is what I found. So I try to make everything about the romance more. So JR just pointed out, I skipped eight and nine, but we were flowing. We were flowing. <laughs> so what's your first um, memory of watching or reading in the fantasy genre? Oh gosh. Watching fantasy was Lord of the Rings. I fell in love with that. I was like, hence your heart. I was like a, yeah, I was like 11 or 12 when the first Lord of the Rings came out and I was obsessed with Frodo. God, and then like later, I, I was obsessed. I was okay. I was 12. I was obsessed with Frodo. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, okay, ew. Aragorn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was my first experience with fantasy because my parents were really strict and I couldn't like watch anything. I couldn't watch Firefly. I couldn't watch Star Wars or Star Trek. Like they were very, you can't watch that. And but Lord of the Rings is a literary classic. It, it is, and I use that to my advantage. I'm like, I'm learning about this in school. Lie, lie. You are. I know, Very right? Good. You got to do what we got to do, man. If you yeah, want, so you should have been. So you were just correcting it wrong. I know. I, I'm 30 years <laughs> old now, and I still haven't watched Firefly. Advanced Independent Studies. 
and there you and go. Literature. See, I, I can do this. <laughs> so <laughs> that love that lot that led you to discovering storytelling and creative storytelling with your parents also led you into writing, right? Yes. Yes. So, so that was my first fantasy experience. And then I snuck in books like The Chronicles of Narnia. I snuck and read those. Literary classic. Yeah. And uh, Brian Jock's uh, Red Wall and Mossflower series. I snuck in those too. Um, I figured out that I could take off the um, school library thing, like the book covers. I would just carefully take a knife and slice it open like the classic cover. And then I put on like those like awful 90s um, garbage sack covers. Oh my God. They make you're, you're and I would. It's, you're like me. I had okay, so I I put used to put my books in part because I would do hiking and backpacking in those um, Bible study things. Mm -hmm. What I also found is nobody ever asked me what I was reading, mm -hmm. and they're big enough that you can fit like a, a a David Weber or an Anne McCaffrey book or an Elizabeth Moon book in there with ease. Yes, so and everybody I assumed you're reading the Bible, so they leave you alone. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much me. I, I snuck books and to, uh, and to Maura Pierce too. So I did what I could like to read that. So that was my first experience with fantasy and I loved it. I craved it. But my first experience with romance was um, I was working hospice and I did the graveyard shift. Yeah. And I did, I had this Kindle that my husband got me for uh, my birthday. And I would take that with me because at night you have to stay awake because you have to answer calls and you turn everybody. I had like 18 patients. I had to rotate and turn and and do all that and I would finish my rounds about like about like an hour 15 minutes hour and a half and so I'd have this half an hour to do whatever I wanted to so I read and my first experience with romance and like the whole fantasy romance combination was I was reading this book and I had no idea what it was um I've got it for free off kindle and I'm reading it and it uh, goes into this detail about like you know the the detail I got kids, so I'm trying to like. <laughs> the of, of, um, I knew somebody who called it shoe shopping. The details okay. of shoe shopping. There you go. The, the, the deets. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like, I'm reading this. Like, what? I'm, I'm reading that. I'm reading that. And I'm, I'm liking it. Oh my God. And then I started like looking at the like, book covers. I'm like, oh my God, it's a romance. Holy shit. And so. <laughs> I went into this one lady's room because her call light come on. So I put down my candle. I walk into the room light, uh, into the room, answered her call. And then I see these stack of books on the nightstand. And I'm like, oh, my God, those are romances. Oh, my God, that's what old people read. And I loved it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, mind is blown because here I am like at like, you know, 18 years old, just like shit shocked. So. <laughs> So that was my first dealing with romance. And then afterwards, I could look at myself in the mirror for like a couple of days because I liked it so much and I couldn't put it down and I wanted more. And I'm like, wait, this is no, no. It's like, no. <laughs> and after I it was just a normal romance. <laughs> no, it was totally not just like a normal romance. It was straight up um, E R O T I C A. Oh, so it was on the Hamil the the Laurel K. Hamilton end of the romance. <laughs> it, was, it was yeet. So. <laughs> So uh, I couldn't look at, at myself for a few days. So after I got conference, they called those active romances. Oh, they call them active romances. Well, <laughs> we wouldn't want anything to be passive on this show, would we? No. So uh, many authors let their real life experiences influence the stories they tell. So were there any specific formidable, formidable moments that uh, really uh, shape the kind of stories you tell? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, we're really still giggling over active versus passive over here. I guess. It's okay. So, so, so you, write, you write fantasy romance that's set in a um, non-modern era, uh, yeah. sort of equivalent, I think, on parts like Middle Ages. Uh, so do you think your experience living out in the sticks and, you know, <laughs> doing the farm girl redneck thing has helped you tell those stories better? Yes, it, it has. And same with the romance. I definitely have, you know, practiced before I write. <laughs> Actively. <laughs> uh, so it helps. You have to get the body parts, right? So it helps. And, you know, I I, I enjoy the, um, enjoy it. And also my husband helps me act out like battle scenes too. Like he'll just stand there and stare at me and I'm just like, yeah. 
And he so, just like, it's like, okay, you dead? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're dead. And I will get you later. All right. So no, so, no, that's how you keep a happy wife. Hey, speaking <laughs> of. <laughs> he came in behind you if you didn't hear. Yeah, he, uh, he did. He so, just got so home. Away from the writing he, he knew we were talking about him. Yeah, I bet. It's uh I bet he heard it like his skin was crawling. He's like, oh no. Um, so transitioning away from the writing side, let's talk about things from the fan angle. So have you gotten any cool fan art or cosplay of your characters yet? I have. So um Ooh, one of my yeah. friends, I did not know this. Like we I met her at the Renaissance Fair and we actually became really good friends. And um it was like the final day affair, and she came up and she was like, I like your books, they're really pretty. I'm like, Well, thank you. And so she bought one. And then um, I gave her my contact information, like um, Facebook and stuff. And we hit it off on Facebook and we've been um, friends ever since. And she loved my book and she made me like this homemade um, embroidered bookmark. And she's also made my Renaissance Fair outfits too, like later in life. Like, yeah, it was cool. It was, it was awesome. And we hit it off. We've been best friends like ever since. And uh, she dyed her hair red. Too. She goes, look, I'm Jory. I'm like, oh, yay. So uh, is Renaissance Fair the same thing you did, Seska, with the SCA? Like, is that the same? No. They're akin. They're related. But so the SCA is the Society for Creative Anachronism. And it doesn't have, except for when COVID's involved, it doesn't really have an off-season. So because of COVID and, and the risk factor, because most SCA events are camping. So um and it's really hard to do the sanitation you need for dealing with COVID in a camping environment. So it has shut down for that. Just, um, but normally there is no off season, whereas Ren fairs are normally in a specific location and they're more fun. And I feel bad saying they're more fun, but they they're more, more fun, fun probably for the casual person that mm -hmm. is just kind of coming in to do something, have fun. Um, it, people in the SCA get really into their historical research. So if you don't want to do historical research, the SCA may not be your bag. So for the, the Ren Fairs that you go to, they have like people in, in the armor doing the sword fighting and all that too? Yes, we, yeah. and they oh. do like lab jousting too. Yeah, and that's the other thing is also the Ren Fair is the Renaissance. SCA does 600 to 1600, sometimes a little earlier or later. So. so, so are you able to use that for research for future books as you as you go and observe and see? Act right off. Yeah. <laughs> I I go and I will ask um like whoever's there. Like we have this uh gosh, one Renaissance group that goes a lot. It's called the Boom Pirates, and <laughs> they know everything about like ships. And so I've asked them and I reached out to some of them about like you know um what ships were mainly prominent in this era, what did they look like and you know, what were these pieces that they would have on there and they would tell me anything that I wanted to know. It was that's, awesome. That's so handy. Cause it is. And that that's not lost in the rabbit hole of the internet. Yes. So, and, and then even trying to find it on the internet is just, you know, hard. So if I have like somebody that can, do that and like oh hey this is what actually happened I'm like oh, okay yay cool and then they also have this um nordic viking groups that will come in and those ones are nice too because when you're trying to like research history or like know anything about that and certain symbols they are able to straight up tell you like okay this this is a legit symbol this one's a made-up one yes cool. yeah so it's nice i enjoy it hey that's cool oh. So while you're at these Renaissance fairs or, you know, non-book signing events, do people ask for your autograph? I have not had anybody ask for my autograph at all yet. So you need to pay your kids to come ask for it so you can say yes next time. Like, come ask. Gail Martin used to do that. <laughs> she actually admitted to it, she, that she would have her kids, like, come up occasionally and be like, just kind of get the ball rolling type situation. Oh my I god, just, you're my favorite author. Can I get your autograph? I just yell at people um at the Renaissance <laughs> Fair and it's I'm like, hey, you and they're like, what? And I'm like, come take a peek between my pages. You know you want to. And oh, they're like, I love that they're like one. and they just like look at me. I'm like, book pages, like, come on. Or I'll hold up a book. I'm like, you want to take a peek between my sheets? 
<laughs> I love that. That's John Hartness is come by my shit so I don't have to take it home. <laughs> and I, I usually get a lot of guys with their wives and they just like they just turn this like bright pink, some do like from bright red to like tip of top of their bald head all the way down. Some women just love it, you know. Uh, I guarantee awesome. you if you'd said that to my brother, he would buy your book just because you did that. I had a couple <laughs> people do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Be like, you deserve this. So have you spotted anybody out in the wild reading your books? I have not, sadly. It's a small town. <laughs> uh, this is true. And I'm always home, so I don't ever leave my house to be able to, be able to spot people in the wild. <laughs> and they so, frown on people peeking through windows. Have you spotted people in the wild? <laughs> so finally, uh, do you have any weird or funny interactions with fans that uh, since you started writing? And this can include your Renaissance experience. <laughs> no weird things uh, from the renaissance experience but i've had this one lady reach out to me that it was kind of creepy um she just straight up like started like in a uh, messenger messaging me she's like can i know everything about you can i have your address can i have your phone number and i'm like uh i don't how about you send me this at like my p.o box like <laughs> and she goes well i want to know everything where do you live i'm like okay you're fun no thanks yeah, blocking I mean, buttons or something. It's always hard. And um, I mean, fans be aware as much as authors really may want to know you and they want to hear great things. It is really hard sometimes to know where to draw. Like I, I'd say, cause I have a kid too. And so it's like the, once things are out of the barn, you can't put them back in the barn. And, but it's also really hard cause you don't want to alienate your fans who may be well-meaning and well-intentioned. And just not realize that they're coming across and pushing the wrong button. I yes. imagine horror and romance authors probably have that the worst as far as interactions with fans. Because, I mean, it's cool you nerd out over science. It gets a little creepier when you start nerding out over some of the romance. Like, did you see what they did in the bedroom on page 27? Like, that could get creepy. Yeah, uh, it, yes. it, was pretty, it was pretty intense with that lady. So I ended up just giving her my P.O. Box address. I'm like, here, you can send me this. I have not gotten anything from her since I opened it. So <laughs> okay. I might have just turned her off, but whatever. Well, you know, she may have uh, been over enthusiastic and realized that she may have come on too strong. And yeah. um, so, and I'm sure she's probably still, I hope she's still loving and reading your books. But now speaking of those books, tell us what you've done. Can you tell us about the various standalone novels and the series you've written? So Jordy in Charge, um, I first started writing that after I had this friend that I'm not friends with anymore. We kind of just split apart and I wanted to do something for me and I always wanted to write. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to jump right in and do it. So I'm, okay. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be that noob and I'm going to make a book that no one's ever read before. And it's going <laughs> to be fantastic because I'm going to do my love of historicalness combined with romance, but I'm going to make it like amazing. I'm going to add in fantasy because no one's ever done that. I haven't read a book about that. And it turns out it's like a huge genre that everybody does. <laughs> oh, <laughs> New well, moment. That doesn't mean that your book's not original. It, just, it, was, it fits some boxes. Yeah. So that's not a, a problem. Because, it was a new moment for sure. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah, fine. Everybody has that moment. I, I mean, I've, I've had people go, well, this, and I'm like, so basically it's this person meets this person meets that person. And they're like, like it, there was one and I'm like, so basically it's Elon Andrews, Eric Flint and Mark Edelite had got together and they made a series together and we got this baby. I went, yes. And I went, it's still cool. It's still original. Yeah. But you know, there's that theory in, in literature that there's five major stories and everything else is a rift off of it so uh, i used to think my teacher was insane i'm starting to realize now that i have a few pounds of books that i've read that uh, she might not have been as insane as i thought um darn it that moment luckily she's not watching this so, <laughs> like boring books so um but yeah, so I started off about the other ones. I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh, you're fine. So I started off like thinking that. And so I started I started writing Jordy and um I wanted the strong redheaded person because I've always wanted to be a redhead, but my hair's too dark. So 
<laughs> I'm like, do it. You're pale enough. You could do it. You just have to do a lot of bleach before you got it red. I, I tried that. It does not pan out. Do purple. It works really well. Like a dark purple. Oh yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah dark so purple work really well for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> See, this is what happens. Jared leaves and suddenly it's cosmetology hour. But now, well, <laughs> cosmetology five seconds because I don't really know that much about it. I tried different things with my hair. It doesn't really pan out. So I'm like, I'll just go. I'll stick with brown. But I've always wanted to be a redhead. So my first character was a redhead. And I pulled from um, what I knew and my personal experience to make Jordy as a standalone novel. And... Um, because I was in the 20 bucks to 50k group with JR and I was reading things um, about people saying write what you know because that's you know mm -hmm. you can't you can't just pull something out of your ass and think that's going to be great if you don't know it um, so write what you know so I'm like okay like so Jordy has this um, kid out of wedlock so I pulled that from my brother my brother was 17 when he had his kid out of wedlock he skedaddled so did the girlfriend skedaddled and I was left helping to take care of this kid. So I'm like, okay, like that will be my main character. And in comes along Lochran, um, who she's going to have this romance with, which was uh, when everything's like simmered down with my family, Brian, my husband came in and kind of made things better. So every, basically like as my husband's buddy put it, every single book of mine is basically 50 shades of Brian. <laughs> coming, <laughs> coming into you feel about that though <laughs> he just was like oh. <laughs> but you know I think it's sweet that you love him and that you incorporate that in him him in that yeah he's he's my knight in shining armor so he's my inspiration Aww. for like all my like male characters because he's just so loving and endearing and helpful and he's very supportive of what I wanted to do because when I came to him with this idea I'm like hey how do you feel about me like writing a book is that okay he goes why would that not be okay? Like, why aren't you doing it? And I'm like, oh, like, okay. Like, I'll do it. So he's very supportive and I love that about him. So all my standalones are basically 50 shades and my husband. So are and all of them standalones or do you have a series going? They're all standalones. Cause like, okay. I didn't want to like make a series where it's confusing of like, this picks up at this time and this one's different. So they, all the characters like intermingle. So like um, in book one, there's um, mention of Cade Bonteva. And then book two, there's Cade. And then book three, there's Cade. But it makes okay. it so it's not so like they're all confusing. like the same universe. Yes. They're not dun, 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 sequential yeah. series. That's yes. awesome. So you Thank can you. really, so our readers can just, or our listeners can just pick up a book and go, okay, I can start here or I can start there. Because, yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I've read some of those kind of series where it's really fun because you you get kind of the chuckle and you can see also like somebody's story may be done like their their story may be done but you still get to see that person because just because somebody's story is done doesn't mean the reader wants them to go away exactly they may want to be like but I still want to touch base and know like okay did you have a boy or a girl like what happened next and it's interesting too because like Jory is my first book and then it's like you see this like slow progression in my work kind of getting better well, <laughs> which is great but like I, I love it so like if I get to be like biased I have a couple favorites in my Castro series and the Ooh. third one is Kalita's Forge mm -hmm. so Jordy's my book baby she'll always be my favorite but my next favorite would be Kalita's Forge because it's based off my dad Aww. so so my dad when I was a kid he was a farrier and I would get to go with him and watch him shoot these giant draft horses like um it That's was a awesome great job being oh it was great anything with that much muscle in their feet Oh yeah, my dad's forearms were like huge, and the horses I got to sit on were huge too. So my dad was like, "Okay, if you if you're good and you listen, you get to sit on um, Buck and Bart, which are these two giant Clydesdale horses." And I could not remember um, Buck or Bart. I couldn't get them right. Like I was five, so I couldn't call them. So every single one is Bert. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in Cletus Forge, there's a horse named Bert, and she's a farrier, and like I just love that moment with my dad and spending that time with my dad and that's awesome. Good getting to go with him. So, and, and again, like Cleet is like this crazy curly haired, um, 
just balls to the wall lady, which is kind of like me. And here it comes in Cade Bonteva and is like, okay, like chill, chill. And that's my husband telling me to take a chill pill because like I can get like high, so high strung. Just I'm just going. He goes, can you just simmer? <laughs> you know, and it, it takes a special kind of love to hear that and listen to it and not get like, like uh, I, I'm that person. And I'd be like, no, go away. You're in time out. Um, I never said I was a good person. <laughs> but um, so since they're all in this world, where did you come up with the concept for this world? I just winged it. Jair um, <laughs> <laughs> always likes to go, did you use a Ouija board? No, I was in paint one day and I'm like, you know what? Scribble and then slice, slice, world. Hey, <laughs> whatever works. And I'm like, okay. Because I want to give myself like a visual concept of like where things were. And then I'm like, okay. And then I just kind of stared at the page. I'm like, I'm winging it. And I started going for it. Hey, that works. I'm just old enough to remember the satanic panic where everything was going to make you like worship the devil in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. So like the Ouija board was a common thing like you would do if you wanted to be edgy back in the day. I I don't know where you were. I swear. You were in Saudi Arabia. It's not like you were in the real world, all right? Not in the 90s. Okay. I came back in 91. I was born. Okay. <laughs> Kids these days. He's an adult. <laughs> I, was, I'm a, I was born in 90. Oh, oh goodness. Oh, yeah, goodness no. This is reminding me of that moment where, where somebody looked at me and went, guess what? Dri checking driver's licenses is really easy. If it has a one in it, you're guaranteed to be old enough. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> well, you know you hit old when, when the music you heard as a child when it was first out is on the oldies station. I'm like, no, that's not oldies. You go away. Um, I put on Britney for my daughter. Than <laughs> uh, you guys cut out for a second. I said I've been old for a very long time because of Saudi. Most of my they were already on the oldie station when we came back. This is true. So before we uh, dig in, um, we've you've got a, a really nice cover. We've showed it earlier, and I'm going to show it again. But can you tell us the origin story for how you came up with that while I get the share going? Sure. Um, my first cover, Jordy. I went on Shutterstock, and I was just searching for just basic images of what my character I wanted it to look like and then I stumbled upon this I'm like you're my girl love you and I bought it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I wanted I, I was very picky I wanted a girl shooting a bow with red hair and I'm like okay that to me looks like my main character so I tried to buy covers based on what my main character looks like of course Cletus Forge an exception to that because she has curly hair and you don't really find many curly haired models so. so is this like the a take on that uh, Disney movie? Was it uh, the Scottish chick? Brave. 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 Yeah. I love how we know what he's what he's talking about. And yeah, Brave came out in like 2017 when I wrote it, but it didn't. No, I'm not saying you copied <laughs> it. I was just not that as curly as Madeira's. And yes, I know the person in Brave. Ooh, all right. I I've been told. It's all a right. horrible movie. Though if I am ever arguing with my mom and I see it, I makes me want to like be more emotional. Because it's all about like a mom fight with with her daughter, and that's like bad. <laughs> so what you're saying is to get us back on your books, is that Disney stole the idea from you. <laughs> I wish I could claim that. All right. So following that, what do you think? Because I don't know anything about the cover industry for the romance genre or even really fantasy. Uh, so, yeah, shut up. Uh, so what do you think makes a good fit for the fantasy covers uh, in general? Uh, fantasy covers usually just have like the main character and sometimes just um, a male model if there's if it's a romance on there. And usually like some sort of magical or like setting and for me i was like not conforming me not gonna do that and i'm like i want my main character and that's it so i just went off my on my own thing no research no nothing i winged it and i wanted it and i got it <laughs> okay well that's good enough so are you gonna um keep 
uh, taking that unique and eclectic approach as you go forward with your covers or at some point are you going to shift them to be more in line with what everyone else is doing i would keep it going absolutely I, feel, I like this vibe better than a lot of the classic romance covers are they scream bodice ripper yeah, yeah, or yeah. it's like, like some, it's like the hunky man, but I'm like, eh. I don't like that. It's the hunky man. It's, it's a Fabio cover that's grabbing the by the neck. It's supposed to be like, oh, endearing, but this looks so forced. And I'm like, yeah, no, no Fabios for me. Thank you. Yeah, I like this one. She looks like a badass. She looks fun. And I wanted my character to be that. And she is. Jordy is a complete badass. She's very independent and she's very, um, very much her own person. And I love that about her. And I'm going to, do spinoffs of these characters eventually of like, so Jordy and Lochran, um, no, try not to do a spoiler, but in the end, in my next spinoff series, they have a kid and the story will be about their kid. So uh, be coming back like a first full circle. Wait, 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 yeah, let me get what? this right. You wrote a romance novel and they end up falling in love, getting married and having babies. Yeah. How dare you spoil it? Valid point. <laughs> So, <laughs> so let's, let's I'm not start. giving away the name. But I I I like that you know because I mean love love comes in many shapes and forms, but there's nothing wrong also with it being a more traditional cycle. So I'm just saying, if my main characters have a kid, the kid's getting a spinoff. If yeah. there you go. <laughs> There you go. That's not a spoiler. If, if. let's roll the so, dice and see what happens. So let's talk about that that if in that book. So why don't you give us the thirty second elevator pitch for this novel? Oh, biscuits. So, um, <laughs> Jordy in charge. She is a princess that falls in love, thinks it's going to be the highlight of her life. Turns out to be her darkest hour, and she's just trying to swim in this sickening thing that's trying to pull her under and she gets kicked out loses her title and she's like okay i'm left to my own devices what do i do and instead of dying like her what her parents wanted her to do she bucked up and she thrived and she made um a life for herself not only for herself but for her kid so she taught herself how to use a bone arrow she taught herself how to hunt she taught herself how to gut animals she taught herself how to be the independent woman that she is. And so for her, she had to learn how to fall in love again and to trust somebody again, because when you're that broken and you're left to your own devices, which me pulling from my own experience, you have to you allow yourself to be comfortable enough to uh, trust again. And that's what Jordy has to learn. Okay. Next question is you. So we can try to get back to the happy space. <laughs> okay, so, um, one second. <laughs> Sorry, um, I didn't move my document along. So, what uh, what is it that makes your series really special and unique on its own? I pull from my own memories, whether they're good or bad, and I try to incorporate that into like a real world standing in like my own universe so like mm -hmm. you know jordy here she is you know a pregnant teenage mom forced to thrive my parents um kind of left me to my own devices at nine years nine years old and i had to figure things out um so there's that and i try to pull from my own things because it's what i know i know me best but also because i think it's a lot of um people can relate a lot to it too so it's just it's just more than a story to me it's a it's a journey that that's, these characters take. That's great. Um, and, and it really, I feel like that's sounded flat, but no, I really think it is. And um, it is great. Cause it's, you have to write what you know, as you said, and it rings, it rings false or true. If you really don't know something. Um, but what tropes did you pull in? And do you think you use either fantasy or romance? I use uh, mainly a lot of romance tropes, like enemies to lovers, um, Jordy, um kind of like see I'm, i read so little romance that the romance trips are new to me still so i don't always like i can read a fantasy and i'm like that's a trip oh i can tell you that trip this is what's gonna happen next. um but i don't read enough romance so it's i've only started reading romance in the last years so. yeah there's a lot of tropes with romance so like like enemy celebrities when i refer to them he's like oh did you discover a new 
new genre sounds good. I'm like, yes, go away. <laughs> and then there's also like um, a slow burn where it kind of like is building up to it. And then there's like kind of like the clueless romance where she doesn't have a clue. That's Irie because like uh, Irie's story, uh, which is the fourth standalone, was the hardest for me to write because it is me. Is I took. I took my past and what I had to deal with, put that into Irie so she could build up to the romance of where she kind of finds herself. And upon finding herself, she finds out that she loves uh, Matthew, which to me, Matthew is, again, my husband. So <laughs> so it was this, it's a, kind of a slow burn romance and self-discovery and kind of like the clueless romance where I like you, but I don't know if you like me and kind of just, you know, playing that hard to get seeing like throwing darts at a wall seeing they stick kind of a thing trope whatever that trope is because i just winged it <laughs> so so saska's idea of a trope for romance is i'm gonna stab you in the face and you will like it because oh, she's she's evil because most medics are they're evil uh -huh. We keep them around, but they're evil. You know what? I knew enough that when the guy said, oh, I'd let you give me a silver bullet, that I just told him, no, you need way more help than I can do. Which, by the way, if you are not a medic and you're listening to this, that at the time was the slang term we were using for when you put an IV up the rectal space. And well, on that, that guy was desperate for me to deal with. And uh, on that note, we just lost our family-friendly rating, but we'll move <laughs> right, right along. So uh, let's talk about the that story. Was that was medical. It was not unfriend family-friendly, and it wasn't even uh, – he didn't, he didn't know what he was agreeing to. Oh, so. so that sounds like someone set him up, but either way, we're going to move along. Probably. Gonna... It was the Army, and he was a baby infantryman. Yeah, poor guy. So now let's talk about the story itself. So why don't you tell us more about Jordy specifically? What makes her unique in the crowded field of fantasy and or romance? Lots of romances that I read or have read that are historical. Um, the female character has like a problem, but she's so demure and she's so just polite and poised that she just kind of just floats along like so she's not she's not brave and Jordy is in your face you know I will tell you off I don't need you and she's she just bold as her hair oh yeah pretty much she's bold as bold as her hair yes and in the romance like um the romance side of that a lot of readers from what I have seen and a lot of authors use these big bold female characters that um that you know, don't need a man, yet they fall in love with the man. So, like, I pulled from that romance side, and I didn't want to make a historical demure woman, because that just me is kind of boring. So, I made Jordy, and I wanted her to stay down. I wanted her to be bold, and to be brash, and to be brave, and to not take shit. So, she doesn't. And... Once upon... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, that was it. I was to say, once upon a time when I was in high school trying to understand women, I thought I'd read romance novels so I could understand. Yeah, it didn't work. So uh, no. at least yours seems a little bit more common sense than what was available in, I guess, the 90s was Harlequin stuff. I gave up after three. I was like, if this is – no, I'm done. Um, yeah. So for you for trying. God, you old boy. <laughs> Like, I use the Harlequin style romance. Like, I use member and phallus. Like, I don't use, like, you know, the noose. The other, the, the more, yeah, the other understood. ones. So, so we're going <laughs> to save you from yourself on that one. And Thank so, you. Uh, the the you've talked about Jordy and you've talked about her love interest, but what about secondary characters? Are there any that you particularly enjoyed, or you feel like that were memorable for you as the author? Yes, Ara Morin. And <laughs> can you say that <laughs> so one more time? My character Ara Morin, and I, <laughs> I love this character so much because. Um, when I was going through my edits, uh, Lauren Moore from Keystroke was um, editing me, and she goes, "This is not fantasy." I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Like, like being a noob. I'm like, what do you mean it's not fantasy? Like, you don't know what fantasy is. Like, I thought it was, yeah, you know, that moment where you're kind of just kind of a dumbass, but you just, <laughs> but everybody just forgives you because you're so new. <laughs> and she's like, "No, it's not fantasy. You need to add something in there. Add like in a shifter." I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm a moron." I'm like. <sighs> are a moron because I'm a moron. So that totally fits. So, <laughs> so I, I made this character are a moron because I'm a moron. 
And she was right. And I was wrong. And I will own that to this day that she was absolutely right. And <laughs> birth of Ara Morin, the um, Irish wolfhound shifter. And he is very sarcastic. He's pretty much my my husband in like in the witty sense because my husband's very witty he's very funny um usually his jokes go over my head because i'm just slow i don't get jokes very well but he's just my husband is just full of wit and humor and my daughter inherited this and i love it and i'm also terrified of it because she's nine and she just school so (laughs) and so Aramora is the most memorable character for me. And I have brought him back through the series multiple times because I love it so much. And I love him so much. It's just, he's just a fun character. And thanks to Lauren for forcing me to realize I was a dumb noob. So is he going to get his own um, standalone at some point? He got his own um, short story called okay. Shifting called Shifting Aramorn. And it basically is, um, is about the birth of Cash Ray, my world. And how it came to be and how shifters came to be. Very cool. Yes. But also because the goddess is meddling. She's kind of Greek where she's like, I do what I want when I want kind of a thing. So like, she's just like, you're a shifter because I don't like you right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, she's a woman and we can be like that. Um, So So she's basically sort of like Hera? Yes. And once again, she is a woman, and we can be like that. So be careful, am, You're outnumbered am, this time. I'm not um, touching that one with a 10-foot <laughs> So why don't you ask number 26? Well, actually, I was going to, because I was going, and I'm like, that's great, because I was about ready to ask if maybe she is the villain, if you have any bad guys in your books. Oh, gosh, bad guys. Um, Basically, the only bad guys are themselves. Um, But I do have one. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Yes. Um, I have Morgir Midas, who tries to take over the world of Castre. And it's it comes back in full circle in a couple novels where, like, um, the, he tries to infiltrate the different um, clans in Medora and fails. And then his brother tries to infiltrate the other clans in Medora and, and kind of gets close to doing, like, this whole dominant takeover. But then, like, all the clans gather and they kind of eradicate everybody. And then the goddess is like... Nope, zap, world change, you're done. So, I'm not saying what book that is because I don't want to, like, you know. No, she's like, no, 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 you're still here to entertain me. I'm sorry. You may have thought you fixed it, but you didn't. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, book six, which is Devin's Tenacity, has the biggest battle scenes in war that I ever created. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It was fun. Um, if your characters ever met you in a back alley, how do you think they'd react after all you put them through? Um, how do you see that playing out? I see myself going, oh shit, and trying to run. <laughs> Every author of this. <laughs> well, I think I, I will survive with Avalie. Avalie and Irie, I will, I will come out living and breathing. Um, Jordy, I have a feeling that she'll pin me up against the wall and hold like a knife to my throat being like, what, what did you do? Um, Cleta might not care. She might be drinking. And um like that's my, girl. that's my girl right there. Oh yeah, she's yeah, she's legit. I love Cleta. But like all the other ones, um uh Evan and Devin would probably want to slit my throat. <laughs> but all right. Yeah. So that that's always a fun time for them. Yeah, I could try to talk my way out of it. All right. Um, <laughs> Um, so a lot of times the world, particularly with fantasy, can be as much of a character as the book. So can you tell us some about, like, the world outline? Like, how magical is it? Is it a high magic, low magic, um, sprinkling of things? What? It's pretty low-key magic, um, in the world. So, like, uh, in my short stories uh, shifting our more and i have the magic and everything in there has magic but then you have this warlord who took the magic of the fairies bent it against his will to create things and then the magic then got absorbed and went into um a different type it went over went away i can't remember the name of the world right now that i created which is really really bad of me but because <laughs> i made it i should know it right <laughs> it's a long day you, you know it's a long day. You've slept. You've gotten up. You've been driven insane by children. It's a long day. And worked a full day. Yeah. So it's been it's been a day. 
So the magic shriveled up and it went away. It went into hiding. And so there is this nation that nobody ever goes into and everybody's scared to go into because that's where the magic happens to reside. And that's where they created dragons and the shifters are sprinkling of the, of the characters around that kind of like pop in when they want to just show that magic is still there. But because of what this warlord did, the magic um, had to go away for safekeeping. So I have a dragon in there named Kata. She's, hilarious she thinks she's hilarious too i find she's hilarious <laughs> and she kind of just puts people in their place and says yeah there's magic here but you guys are assholes so you can't get it <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of low-key magic because again i'm just mainly about like the romance and the people coming together so yeah the magic's low-key because it's my first series and i did not have a clue what i was doing That's fake okay. it till you make it yeah, like I said, I was a noob and I thought like I'm gonna make something that no one else has ever heard of because I'm like just legit over here. I'm gonna be like the next JK Rowling is what I was thinking. And I was like <laughs> I'm like looking back, I'm like, I was so cute and dumb. That's okay. <laughs> we all have to start cute and dumb somehow. And yeah. or we start like JR and Ouch. Ooh. Sorry. I love you, JR, but you don't have a face. That was a, such a huge burn. Oh, I'm I'm gonna go over here and cry in the corner. But first, we're gonna ask her. Jordy and Charge is clearly part of a series. I know that because it says so on Amazon. So there are currently seven <laughs> novels and two short stories. So is there uh, this world done? Will there be more from these characters? Um, what's next? The next. Uh, <laughs> the next for this would be a spinoff of. Um, any children that might be spawned of these characters. So um, like children of Castre or would it be the same series? Just linked them. It would be the children of Castre standalone series. So that I have all the outlines for that. I just need to find time in, in between working a full-time job and momming and teaching. Cause like to do that. Um, as for now, um, I'm wrapping up the Western series. I have 10 books planned in that. I got book seven done. I also have a paranormal romance series. Um, my editor's currently on page, I think, like, uh, 112 of it, out of 89 of it. So she's working on that. And then just to uh, make you, everything even more fun for me, I'm doing a sci-fi reverse harem romance because some asshole told me that I couldn't do it. And I'm like, oh, aren't you cute? <laughs> so I'm doing it. Okay. All right. So we know that every literary universe has its own consistent rules of science, technology, and magic. So what sort of um, tech and magic can we expect? You said it's low-key magic. So so what can we expect from this? Um, more shifters. I would have more meddling shifters in there. And I'm going to have um, in the spinoff of the children's series, The Return of the Fairies, because they went away. So they're going to come back into the world. And also more meddling dragons that will come in and branch off into the world as well. So I have I have outlines. I have a folder of it. Proof. <laughs> we believe you. So are you going to have someone come in here and be like, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not turning into Scooby-Doo. But like... <laughs> oh. But no, not, none of that. But um, I'm going to try... I've I've been wanting to do this for like a while. I want to kill off my goddess in the world. I want to just kill her off. So I'm going to try to do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So in the hierarchy. Have, we have fey. We have dragons. Um, we have shifters, but are they all wolf shifters or are they? Like no, there's different. There's Krevin, okay. and he's a wolf, and he's a fox. There's um, Nasha, and she's an owl. So there's different ones. Um, okay. I also have carnivorous mermaids. Awesome. And everybody's like, oh, that's a siren. I'm like, no, because mine don't sing. And they're not, be and they're not beautiful babes. They're really creepy. Awesome. So, yeah, they're mermaids. So I have those. And then I just, I just kind of like want to end the hierarchy with, oh. with my goddess. So I just want to kill her off. So can your mermaids grow legs when they get on shore, or are they only allowed in the water? Only in the water. Only for bath time. Um, <laughs> so, my question for you is, how did you go about making them? Like, I are you just pulling like the classic trope, or and playing with it, or how do you go about creating your magical creatures and deciding that? I just wing it. So, like, <laughs> I'm a total pantser. So, if it just fits in, 
and it works, I just plug it right in. Like okay, it works. Uh, yeah. Lauren, um, my first ever editor, she goes, you need to follow an outline. You need to make an outline. I'm like, I can't make an outline because my brain doesn't compute that way. And she goes, can you please, for the love of God, just make one outline. So and I, what? what you should tell them is what uh, Chris Redacchio, who we've had on here, says is that pantsers are writing their outline as they make the book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that first draft is their outline. I think it's Rockio is how you pronounce it. He's one of the editors over at Bain uh, Publishing. But like, um, my notes of any of anything are just like the plainest, most bare things ever to ever be anything. So like this, I don't know if you guys can see it. It's for one of my westerns. I just have like way, at least you actually started doing that. Like I, I've heard, um, we had check. I've watched check in and try and convince somebody. To stop outlining and just start writing. So I mean, I have like ten bullet points of the key things that I want to hit on, and then everything else is just done. And I'll outline it by chapter. I just start going. So like, um, and number eight in my western that I'm working on currently because it, their novellas are like thirty thousand words max, and I can jam those out pretty quick because usually when I'm on hold a long time for my job, mm-hmm. I can just plug right into um, Google Docs and just start jamming out the words. So I just now have a bullet point. Now that is a nice use of hold time. It is. I'm, I'm pretty smart sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are incredibly smart. You deal with a lot of stuff. And so. um, yeah, I just said in my, uh, I think bullet point one, uh, Kitty Vaughn gets in trouble for pickpocketing. So I'm like, okay, cool. She's a thief. Read out the words. And yeah. So I just basic minimum plot points because that's what Lauren's like you need to start doing that I'm like okay just bare minimum things but I a total 100% pantser so well if that works for you keep on going because you've got enough books out that clearly you're doing something right so was there anything was there (laughs) anything about Jordy in charge that we didn't ask that you want to tell us before we move on yeah buy it (laughs) kidding (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) Um, there's a lot of, uh, Scottish, uh, brogue in there. I pulled from, um, reading romances like Catherine Levesque, uh, Susan Tisdale, uh, Tanny Ann Crosby. Those are the three main ladies that got me hooked onto that, um, historical medieval romance side. And so I pulled from their Scottish brogue, kind of see like how they kind of incorporated it. So it has that in there, but people have complained. They're like, it's hard to follow. I'm like, okay, I can get that, but it's fun. It's a huge fun series and I love them all dearly. It's, I love it. So, so buy it. It's <laughs> So, so clearly, uh, we're we're starting to wrap this up. Are there any updates of other forms of media in the universe coming out? I know your westerns have um, audiobooks. Is there any plans for audiobooks for the Castray series? I would love to do audiobooks for those if I could find the right male and female voice. That's like the tricky part. Because, uh, yeah, it's so, the tricky part. You know what? I bet, because I know you'll share the link, maybe that's something people can put in their links on YouTube who they would recommend for as a male. I would would love that. I'm curious how that would go, because I've always thought that could be interesting if you had a male and female for like when you're doing like the various sexes for dialogue. But then I've seen some uh, audiobooks get trashed for that very approach. So I wonder if that's a niche market of the audiobook market to have multiple narrators. I don't know. I've read some reverse harems where they have multiple voices do it. And some of them are done really, really well. But I heard it's like a whole bunch of money to do that. And I don't have a whole bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> audiobooks can be a, a lot to invent. Yeah. I, I lucked out with some of my narrators for the Westerns. And granted, like... um. I shouldn't have used one so often as I did because the biggest complaint is that she reads too fast, but I thought it was fine for me because I could follow along fast, but people like a steady pace kind of a thing, but yeah, you can find some really decent um, trying to come out and up and coming um, narrators on ACX for a fairly affordable price. Like um, I think most of my audiobooks cost me like, Oh gosh, between two fifty and three fifty to make. Well, that's because they're also shorter. I think that that changes when you talk about 
longer works. Like I can't imagine Brandon Sanderson would pay for his books that amount. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. they go by like um, word count. Audio books. Yeah, it's it's by word count. So uh, before we before we wrap this up, so you wrote this book. It's clearly fantasy. You're you're definitely uh, sticking with the the romance genre. You're hopping between fantasy romance, western romance, uh, space sci-fi, reverse harem. Um, oh, is yeah. there so what okay so you've got the western you're almost done with it you've got the reverse harem that you're about to start what is next for for wait, Erica? Wait. what is the name of your western series because i just realized i don't think you've actually ever said it it's the whitman romance series okay. so yeah it's the whitman series there's six books out i got asked by readers that there's going to be more because they really enjoyed it and i'm like i really don't want there to be more but i guess i could so like well, <laughs> ten books. just tell them you don't know yet that's what I said for the past year. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm i just like four more because it's 30,000 words a piece about. So I'm like, okay, I can I can get those done. But I'm really wanting to do my paranormal romance um, called Dangerous Ties. It's a series mm -hmm. name. And uh, my editors had this for a while. And it's in first person. So it's a complete different flip from the third person of uh, the Castray series and the Whitman series to this new like first person point of view. So I'm having trouble distinguishing between first person and third. Cause I try, I go back and forth sometimes and that's bad. Mm -hmm. So it's still out for an edit, but I'm excited for that. Cause I really want that to come out. So that's, that's my new thing that I want to do this year. Um, will be the paranormal romance to dangerous ties series, the last four, the Whitman series. And then I'm going to do the, uh, sci-fi reverse harem off so the spinoff thing. Game, I was in right? with JR. Um, go gosh. The storming area fifty one mm -hmm. thing, yes. yeah. So I'm taking my main character from that, Ooh. and she's gonna get her own little happy harem because one person in there is like, you can't do that. Like she's she's military, she can't have a harem. Like, dude, bro, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a theme with you. I don't like, like to be. I don't so like to be told I can't do something. The only thing I can't do is reach anything, and that's why I have a bass scratcher because I pull <laughs> things toward me. <laughs> so, so, <I> <laughs> things. so we threw up uh, the cover for to find a Whitman. It's not letting me uh, zoom in, unfortunately. That's okay. um, but that is the cover. I just quickly saved it off of Amazon uh, of her Western, the first one. That's a very artsy style of uh, cover. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's eighteen. It's an eighteen eighties era because I had to do it after the Civil War because things change, and I also had to make sure that all the railroads hit too. This is yeah, you had to be technical with historical sides, and mine's on the historical side. Whereas like the Castray series is like it's a historical setting and it has that feel to it, but it's not it. Yeah. Although I did have somebody tell me like once she goes uh, in a review, uh, this is historical and it's not done accurately. And I'm like thinking to myself, what world, if any, in the entire history of books, did you understand like a world called Castre or a city or a town or like anything? Because like, I'm pretty sure Castre did not ever exist. <laughs> so, so, so that's always amused me. The idea of where the lines people draw in the sand are like, okay, space dragons, you were with me, but the guy didn't cuss quite enough for a sailor. That's where you lost me. Okay. Uh, and, and I mean, everyone's entitled to that, right? I'm not, I'm not judging it. It just, it's always an amusing thing to see where people draw their lines. Oh like, yeah, it totally is. Like it's not even, yeah, I don't even market it as historical, um, because it's because it's really not. It's just a it's just a setting. Like it's just a feel to it, but it's not it. And then people are like, "This historical book is inaccurate." It's not historical. Like I, I love when people tell me that there's no way an alien planet would look like this. Because every alien well, planet looks like so many alien planets yet. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! We know every alien planet looks like Canada. Oh. <laughs> I love that. They either look like Canada or the desert out in California, one or the other. Yeah, uh, that's a joke if you didn't catch it, Erica, because all of the alien planets in Stargate were filmed in Canada. And you people started. Oh, I wasn't sure if she caught the reference or she was just laughing at our banter. I caught the reference. Good grief. <laughs> Everybody knows Canada's like, woo. So. Okay, so. Uh, pretty. I'm so, just but kidding. Don't hate me. No, 
but other than, <laughs> other than the sky dandruff all over the place, it's pretty. And they have moose and people in uh, Dudley do right coats. So I love that. Be- before we get the hate mail, <laughs> first off, you can send the hate mail to uh, Seska at uh, Seska Gmail dot something. I'm making this up. Um, speaking <laughs> of speaking of contact information, Erica, can you tell listeners how they can find you? You can find me on Facebook at EA Shanyak um, Romance. And I have a website page there. I have EA Shanyak at EagleCreekBooks.com. That's my website. You can find me on Instagram. I'm not hard to find. Just type in my last name. I'm it like, unique last name. I, I, there's only like nine people on Facebook with my last name. So I've wow. been saying it. I've yeah. been saying it wrong the whole dang time. Like you're saying it almost like Shamrock Shanyak. I was like nowhere close. But if you can't spell, it's Sierra Hotel Alpha November November India Alpha Kilo. Or check the comment section or the uh, description, and we'll, we'll hyperlink everything. Yes, and I love to do giveaways, and I love to do stuff on my Shaniac Shenanigans page on uh, group page on Facebook. So hit me up there because I am planning to do a paperback giveaway for next month. Woohoo! Yeah. I really, really love. We have people who love the books. Yeah, and, they like to Erica, hold it in their hands. So Erica also did, um, which she's the first one I've known that did that in the indie sphere not to say that she's the only one just the only one i know she actually did some of hers in the large print because you can format those i mean because it's print on demand so you can format those options as well which is kind of mm-hmm. cool yeah i had a lot of people ask me for large prints because they're like i can't read and i can't see and i'm like okay well i got large print so i did large print for the caster series and i have large print for the westerns and um i just like to offer my readers options because like for a person that I can't see very well either. So like this, I'm fine. But usually if I'm um, reading, I have to wear glasses and yeah. it's, it's hard on my eyes. Dyslexia. And it's so, hard on my eyes. So I want to offer my readers something like, you know, I can't see worth crap. So if you can't you see worth crap, you want to read too. And enjoy the experience of reading, not just the story. I yeah. Cause like the only things that you can find on um, Amazon sometimes that have large print are freaking crossword puzzles. That's Sudoku. No, thanks. Sudoku is fun. It's it's math. No thanks. <laughs> it's pattern. Oh. It's not really math. It's not really no. math. It, it's just but... numbers. I don't know. All right. Well, she has drawn the line. <laughs> of the so uh, send your hate mail to Erica if you love Thank the math. You. Uh, I love so- that. <laughs> so you can, you can find us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters tech and tech blades blasters tech and tech blades. Our Twitter is S uh, excuse me, twitter.com backslash Sierra Foxtrot SF underscore fantasy underscore show. Uh, you can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. Our Facebook group is facebook.com backslash blasters and blades podcast. And if you want to support the show, help us keep the lights on. You can uh, do it through buymeacoffee.com backslash. Oh, I can't say that word today. Backslash author J.R. Hanley. And then in the comments, put podcast uh, and it'll go towards towards this as an ex, um, the overhead and and whatnot. And um, yeah, so that's that's a show. So thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber and Doc Seska, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom, and we'll be sober. Uh, and uh, although I will admit we're going to be Overpromise. Overpromise. That's right. We will probably be doing um, like a, in the beginning to sort of build up our catalog to help people find us uh, more than once a week. But but eventually we'll hit a point where that'll stabilize and we will do once a week. They'll be airing them on Sunday evening uh, if the YouTube gods like us enough to let me upload. Um, so you'll be able to find them. But in the beginning, we're going to just get some content out there because we've been gone for a while. And we're intentionally, if you haven't noticed, going to be going for uh, guests and topics that we couldn't have done under our old moniker, the Sci-Fi Shenanigans, which was very limited to just sci-fi. So for a little bit, we're going to do the fantasy. We're going to do the fantasy romance. We're going to do comics, RPGs, all the things that make Seska's little heart go pitter-patter. All right. So uh, thank you for sticking with us and we will see you soon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming. It was fun.